Hey men, brothers, fellow warriors, welcome to the Act Like Men podcast with your hosts, Randy Matthews and Kevin Gibson. Our goal is to explore what it is like to live our lives right where each of us are as Christian men that desire to act like men. This is episode two of our Connecting with God series. You're jamming out over there. I love it. Love it, man. Isn't that cool music? Yes. Good pick. Good pick. That, that guitar, man. Yeah. I love it. That was abrupt. That just kind of ended, it? Was, it? it was like you hit the brakes or something, man. I, mean, I didn't just, do anything. Like, hit my head on the windshield or something. <laughs> it's crazy. We got that music, that bumper music, free from Amen. Point Church in Perdido Key. Really? Tim Coleman and his, Tim his Coleman, group. What a great guy. Man, he, he helped awesome. us out. I love that. He's That's always funding us. Do they use that too? That, I don't know. They use something from there. Yeah, I don't know. I like it was that, like a Tim. package deal. It had like 20 different bumper songs. That's cool, dude. Some were real stupid. Mm-hmm. These were really cool. That was real cool. I love that one. Well, here we go again. We're on our episode two of our series, Connecting with God, talking about the importance of having a time daily that you spend with God and reading his word and praying. And why is that so very important? Well, the first reality is this. Everybody struggles with this. If they tell you they don't struggle with it, they're lying. They're lying. Even we struggle with this. And what type of preachers are we to say that? Honest ones. (laughs) Yes. We're real, man. We're real. We're trying to be, we're trying to prove that, you know, uh, preachers are not um, sometimes the people that are, they're made out to be like, oh, Oh, they have everything together. They're so together. Oh, I tell people all the time, don't put me on a pedestal. I am afraid of heights and I'll fall. That's good. That's good. Definitely. Yeah. So. We just got to admit what's going on. We got to be disciplined, mm. right? Oh, I don't like that I word. I hate that word, too. That's a terrible word. Why do you have it bolded? And all caps. Yeah, all caps and bolded. Because it needs to hurt when you read it. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? That's so true, man. Discipline is tough I don't, for anything. And you, what did we say last time? That the important thing here is change, and people don't like change. Uh, you men that are listening... For you to start doing this, you're going to have to change. Yeah, Something's got to give. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to take discipline to say, I'm going to take X, Y, Z out of my life, whatever it may be, binge watching carpool karaoke. <laughs> I, I would have never admitted that I watched that. I'm so glad that you do. Dude, I love it. It rocks. I love, I love music. I, I love it. And so, and I love like, um, like spontaneous music. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, it's cool. And, and, uh, James Cordona, mm-hmm. is that his name? Man, that dude can sing can. really good. It was impressive, you know, so I, I just loved it, though. But we need to discipline ourselves to the topic, so. Yes, yes. <laughs> we got to get back on track, definitely. <laughs> so disciplining, we have to make a decision that I'm going to change. And if I'm going to change, we men know that for us to change, it's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. Because what causes us to go to the, the gym when you have a 90% blockage in your arteries and you have to have a stent put in or the scale stops reading because it's too heavy or whatever. Your, or your wife says, dude, you're fat. Ouch. 
My wife Hold it. Is, you heard Sarah say that? Thankfully, thankfully, my wife has never said that to me, but I know she's thought it for sure there, a couple there, times. There is a, a man at my first church. His wife used to call him Fat Boy. Oh, my He gosh. was fat. Oh, gosh. That just hurts, man. It just hurt me. Like I'm crying on the inside right now. But here's the deal. Uh, you got a discipline, so it has to be a pain point Yeah. where I say, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to fix this. Is that not the truth about everything that requires it anything is, in life? It is the truth. It is the truth. And so we have to strive, and here's the next word that I really should have bolded, to be consistent yeah. in reading God's word. You're yeah. going to fail. You're going to avoid it. You're going to miss a few days, but you get back on it and you do it again. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to lose weight, if you're going to be better at a hobby that you're going to do, you have to be consistent. Sure. If I'm going to beat how counts golf you know i'm not going to just go out there the first round and you know whip how counts i'm I'm gonna have to be consistent at getting better so true so whatever it is in in the word you're gonna have to be consistent if you're gonna grow and connecting with god so when we think about connecting with god the last episode episode one was us talking about the why why do we do it or the how really it was how do we do this yes. it's important to do it so how do we do it now here's the why I got that in the right order, didn't I? Yes. So now we're on to the, the why. Why is exactly. this important to do it? Yeah. Because everything that is stopping you from doing it technically is a stronghold in your life. It's something that ought not be there, or it needs to be disciplined and curtailed so that you can make time for something else. And the first thought that I have here is, is really important. It's all Satan's strongholds begin in a shabby and an undisciplined thought life. Man. Underscore that, exclamation point, <laughs> ouch. Uh, there's some big words in there. Strongholds begin in a shabby, undisciplined thought life. Let's break that down just a little bit. Strongholds. Okay. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is anything that is a placeholder in your life. Yeah. It takes time, energy, effort, and it's a distraction. Yeah. Okay, think about this. Um. Have you not, as a pastor, ever had someone say to you, Brother Brother Randy, I'm really struggling. <laughs> Brother Randy, I'm struggling. I just don't know about this, that. And, and, and I'm not using specifics because I'm just doing a broad general. This is a parable. Kevin's telling a parable. Yeah. I'm struggling in my life, and I don't know which way to go. And, and I'm really, I'm, I feel like maybe God's not listening, and maybe I'm struggling with my faith. And, and what's the first question, Pastor, that you ask him? Are you in the Word? Are you in the word? Have you been coming to church? Yeah. Are you a part of a small group? That is not a pastoral answer because we have like some boxes we need to check. Exactly. It's because connecting with God and connecting with others is vitally important to your spiritual growth. So true. And it's discipline is all it is. Every time, and I think I can say that as a blanket statement, that someone has come to me in a pastoral setting and said, I'm struggling. And you ask those questions, do you have a consistent time that you pray to God every day? Do you have a consistent time where you read God's word? I didn't say you read the whole Bible. I'm just saying, are you reading? Yeah. Are you consistently going to him and looking for answers? No. Yeah, because it's not. So what was this comment we made the last one? If it's down in the well, it'll come up in the bucket. Yes. yes. This is not rocket science. Right. 
this is not, there's no magic spell. It's not like unlocking a combination. You got to get it to the right number and pow, it's all going to come into play. This is the basis of norm- normalcy. You just got to do it. Yeah. You just got to exactly do right. it. And so if you have strongholds in your life, it's really as a result of a shabby and an undisciplined thought life. Tell us that first verse there. Proverbs 4.23. I love this verse. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And it's a great mm, verse. It is. The word keep means to be diligent. It means to fight for it. Yeah. That, that's some graphic terminology there. It is. So I'm supposed to fight for my heart with all diligence, everything that's in me. Why? Yeah. Because everything in life comes out of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I read that. And I think about, you know, the times in my life where it felt like nothing was going right. Mm-hmm. And since I've been in church all my life, since I have grown up in a youth group, I mean, we hear it all the time. It's like, you know, your preacher preaches on it probably on Sunday. It's like you have to spend time with God. You have to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And the times that things have got chaotic in my life, it goes back to I've been disconnected from God. Oh, yeah. Every I mean, time. I, I may be religious. I may yes. be faithful in my attendance. I may be serving faithfully, but... You've got the Pharisee part down exactly. real good. Exactly. And so you got to go back to the heart. How many times did Jesus talk to the Pharisees mm-hmm. and say, it's your heart. You right. look good on the outside. But on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones was his words. Exactly right. And so that's that undisciplined thought life. Yeah. And so if we don't keep our heart, if we don't guard it and we let anything filter into it, you know, Brother Wolf used to say this over and over and over again, garbage in, garbage out. Who's Brother Wolf? Some of these Brother people Wolf, listening. Scott Wolf was our youth pastor growing up at Morris when we went to church there. Yeah. And he used to say that all the time, garbage in, garbage out. Yep. What you let in is going to come out. Exactly. And he said, if you have a steady diet of wrong, you're not going to do anything good. Right. So, so true, too. And, and here's the thing. We want to run to our pastor. We want to run to our Christian, solid Christian friend that we know is doing right when we have a problem. But the reality is we know what the answer is. <laughs> I ought to be been spending time with my Lord. Yeah, And so it takes discipline. Got to be diligent. Proverbs 4 says this, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put <laughs> perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Now, what's interesting is this is Solomon who was known as the wisest man that ever lived, even though he had a bunch of wives and concubines, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but like, Solomon was, was that, he was the wisest man, <laughs> and he was writing in Proverbs chapter 4 to his son, mm-hmm. saying, Son, listen up. I've got some wisdom for you. And if you read chapters 4, 5, and 6, does it not read like yeah. what every young not-headed teenage boy needs to hear and yeah. every young man and every old man and you know oh, yeah. we all need it because it's that reminder right oh yeah i i looking at this like when he says put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you 
let your eyes look right on and let your eyelids look straight before you. It's not necessarily talking about the Word of God specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we can take this and you can make that apply to it. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is we have to keep our eyes on God. Right. Luckily, we have the whole Bible, which is God's love letter to us, right? Yes. And it lights up our path. It directs us in the right things, right? And, you know, if you have a deceitful mouth, um, if you're lying, um, if you if there's things coming out of your lips that aren't right. Um, you're being distracted you're by being, things. Exactly. Then ponder the path that you're walking. Like there are so many guys probably right now, maybe even listening to this, that they want to change something in their life. Mm-hmm. They want to fix something in their life. And they can't do it on their own. Like, for example, myself, I'm thinking, man, there's something that I want to change. And that's, you know, hey, I, I want to do better in losing some weight. How am I going to accomplish that? You know, I can't do it on my own. Right. And I can connect with God. And yep. God can change our heart. He can change our desires. He can change our ways. But we have to stay connected to him. We have to be turned and tuned to him. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Man, you stay focused. You stay connected on God. And if your mind's not right, you're not going to accomplish that. And this is the, this is the why. Why is it so important for us to read the Bible? Why is it so important for us to study God's Word and to pray? Why is it so important to have someone that you can say, hold me accountable? Because a man who allows himself to dwell on wrong thoughts yeah. is going to give the devil a giant stronghold in the center of his mind. Yes, And your mind is where all the battles are. Yeah, You don't look at a donut and go, Hmm, my mouth wants it, so I'm giving it to it. No, your mind makes up. That that would taste really good. And man, if one tastes good, six would taste better. <laughs> exactly. You don't look at that lady across the way and don't blame her for the way she dressed. You're yeah. going to look whether she's dressed that way or yeah, not. You're right. And you look and you say, hmm, yeah, that looks better than what I got at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're giving the devil a gigantic stronghold. Yeah. If you don't speak to it and say, no, my eyes not not look at that. I can't yeah. think that. Right. And if you tell me that you don't think that, don't lie to me. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> we all struggle with what we see, what we do, where we go, what we let in. Mm-hmm. And so here's the key. We got to take care of it. We don't need that stronghold in our life. Yeah. And these things are the reason why. Because if you let those get started, it's just like weeds in your yard or your garden. You let something start a little bit, it'll overtake it'll everything. It takes over, doesn't it? And then you find yourself at the bottom of it, and you go, well, see, going to church didn't fix anything. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's good stuff. No, church attendance won't fix anything, but that daily grind yeah. of saying, Lord, I know who I am. Yeah, confessing it. I know I got a problem with what my mouth says. I know I've got a problem with what my eyes see and where they look. I yeah. know what I got a problem with my feet take me. That's good. Lord, help me. Proverbs 23, 7, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. That's the reality. So true. And, you know, this isn't in my notes, and I didn't put it down, but none of us are exempt from any sin. Nope. The moment you think you're exempt from a sin or a way or this or that, Get ready. Get ready. You're going to fall. At you. 
Yeah. And here's the key. Curtis said this, if you want a deeper relationship with the Lord, you must be diligent and intentional each day to develop the spiritual disciplines necessary to grow as a Christian. And I love what he ended it with. Yeah. If is the key word. If is the key. Do you want to change? Yeah. Takes discipline. You want to do it? Then you better get after it. Come on, man. You know what you need to do. Yeah. It's good. That's good stuff, man. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. That is so true. Whatever you're thinking on, whatever you're spending your time dwelling on, that's what that's what you're gonna be. That's what you're gonna get. Why not be in the word, huh? Why not connect with God? Changes everything. It's good. So it all starts with, okay, here's the deal. We're going to have an undisciplined mind. It's going to do anything we want it to. It's going to go anywhere we want it to. It's going to think anything we want to. We're going to digest all of this stuff that has nothing to do with God, you know? And then we want to say, God, in the middle of a crisis, where, where's your, where are you, God? Mm-hmm. Again, if it's not in the well, it ain't coming up in the bucket. So that's the first part. Now, how does God's word shape your mind? Did you know that if you spend time with God reading his word, by the way, it doesn't always have to make sense. That's true. Can I tell you how many times, I don't think I could count it, how many times I've read something that literally here, me, who has an undergraduate degree in ministry, looks at something and goes, I just don't quite understand. Yeah. I know what I've heard about it. Sure. But I'm looking at it, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And that's okay. It is okay. But what we allow to come in before us and what we allow to take control is what's going to change us and shape us into who we need to be. Right. Yeah. So how does God's word here? Let's go on to that. How does God's word shape your mind? Well, it exposes your sinfulness of what you are tempted to do. Mm. One of Satan's subtle snares is to convince you that sin is really not so bad after all. Ouch. God's word, however, allows you to see things for what they really are. And when we bring something out of the darkness and into the light, it doesn't look near as pretty in his shining presence as it did in the dark. And wow. that is so true, isn't it? It's convicting. Very convicting. And that's so true because Satan wants to make everything look so good. Oh, yeah. Um, so appealing. He wants it. Uh, it is shiny. Mm-hmm. And and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's alluring. Mm-hmm. Um, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yes, yes. And the old saying is it might be fertilized with sewer. You better stay away. Exactly. You don't know what they're using over there to make uh-uh. it green. Uh-uh. But, um, and, 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 you know, and people in relationships, oh, if I was married to that person, <laughs> boy, it would uh, just fix all my problems. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That's what they think. But, you know, Satan, like I said, he makes it look, he's not going to make it look ugly like it really is. And, um, but God and his word has some way. And I think, uh, in James, it talks about God's word as a mirror. Mm-hmm. It really reflects things for what it is. Right. We know God's word is a light. Uh, it shines bright. It shows us exactly what the truth is in matters and it exposes your sinfulness and, uh, what you're tempted to do and how you're going to handle it. So, uh, I love that point. So here's the thing. Temptation. Is temptation wrong, Pastor? Nope. It's not wrong. It grows us. Let's follow up that question with, do you get to choose your temptation? I don't think we get to choose it. No. It comes at us, right? Right. Yeah. 
That's why we tell you that anything can come your way. Anything can come your way. But, you know, if you're not connected to God, mm-hmm. sometimes you're not aware of that. And you think, well, I mean, I couldn't do anything about it. Okay. I've heard, how many heard times have you heard guys say that? So here's the reality. Mm-hmm. We talked about how do we do it. We told you, you just got to start. So here we are, we're telling you, okay, now why do we do it? Because it's going to help you shape your mind into that, what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it's going to expose, expose sinfulness of what you're already tempted to do. Yeah. Now, do not let that scare you away from reading God's word. Yes. Because the, the truth of the reality is that those things that are in darkness never want to be brought into light. It's like a dog going to the vet. It's going to kick and claw and not and whine and cry all the way to the vet. Your sinfulness does not want to be brought to the light. Yeah. But you have to make that conscious decision that besides, in spite of the pain that I'm going to experience, because there may be pain involved in this. Sure. I want to change. And because I want to change, I know that this is going to expose my sinfulness. So how does that work when you read the Bible? You said it was a mirror. So so you're just reading along and it's going to jump out and say, you ought not be drinking 37 beers a day. Is that what it's going to say, Pastor? Well, probably not, uh, unless you have a different version than I do. But <laughs> um, I mean, the Holy Spirit of God is going to reflect some of those things, I think, and onto your, your conscience. How does he do that? Um. Maybe it's an exchange that we have uh, with someone. Maybe it's a, um, you know, something we see on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's something you know that uh, an exchange we have at work, and then you're left with this like gnawing. Uh, that wasn't right. Something's mm-hmm. not right about that. Right. I, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, there's a probing, to. right? There's a mm-hmm. there's a consciousness of it, and you can't really get away from it. Sometimes we blow that off, and we've blown it off for so long that it's not near as sensitive. However, I will say when you're in the Word of God, the Word of God has a way of making us more sensitive to those things. And so um, you're probably not going to read it in the Word, and it's going to happen, but you're going to see something happen, and then the Word is going to be brought back up to you, whether it's through the preaching of a message but the cool thing is the more you get in the Word on your own, connecting with God, it's funny how He brings those things up right. in your daily life. And, and the more that you connect with Him through praying, yes. again, praying is talking to God. It's just talking to Him. Yep. You're not being irreverent or flippant, but you don't have to be so formal that you got to get the these and the thous and the Heavenly Fathers in there. Yeah, but you're telling, him, with these and thous. you're telling Him, God, I got, I got a sinful heart. Yes. I know that I have a... a urge to do this or a desire to do that. And I slip up God and I do it and I do this. And if you keep telling him that I'm telling you, when you're reading his word, the spirit is going to tell you. And the more you read his word and the more you get in tune with him, the louder you're going to be able to understand exactly what it is that is telling you. That's not right. Right. Yeah. The Bible tells us in James that he will always provide a way of escape. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. But I've had people tell me, I never find the way of escape. And so I came up with this illustration. I don't know how good it is, but here it is. Imagine driving down the interstate. You're clicking along at about 90 miles an hour. Man, you got the cruise on. You got the tunes turned up. Everything is just going right. You just fly, man. It's a beautiful sunny day. The temperature's just right. You got your your good glasses on. And you think, I hope I don't miss my exit. And you blow past your exit. 
well, why did you miss your exit? Well, you were listening to your tunes. You were checking yourself out in the mirror, how good you look. And you're thinking, man, this car drives nice. I'm so glad I went into debt for 20 years on it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you've missed your exit. Well, does that mean the exit wasn't there? No, the exit's not moved. It's in the same place it was last time. Mm-hmm. So if you want a way of escape, that means you have to be in tune with the Spirit you got to be digesting his word on a daily basis so that when you get an opportunity, you're tempted. And when he says, hey, don't do that, you're going to realize, yeah, I don't need to do that. Yeah. First Corinthians don't, 10, 13 goes exactly with what you're talking about. Say? It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but will with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. There's the promise. Yep. And, and so doesn't say the temptation's not going to come, but it does say that he will make a way and that everybody is going to face temptation. You know, God C- is faithful. Cecil said this to keep prayer vital and fresh. You have to learn to pray the scriptures. I would say that if you want to, you want to get your life in check, you want to have a disciplined mind, learn to pray the scriptures. Here's one. What again? First Corinthians 10, 10, 13, 10, 13. Yeah. Take that promise. You get tempted, quote it to God. Be a good yeah. one to memorize. Lord, you said you'd give me a way of escape. Mm-hmm. You're not throwing it in his face. You're saying, here I am. I need help. Yeah. Yeah, what can you apply this to your life right now? I think that's the question that yeah. every man ought to be asking. That, hey, I can, I need to memorize this so that I can overcome whatever it is you're struggling exactly. with. You know, so that's good. So the first point in how it shapes your mind is it exposes sinfulness of what you're tempted to do. And there's the proof. We're all tempted. So don't think we're pointing you out or trying to single you out. Yeah. We're just being real with you, fellas. Yes, Here's the are. second one. You gain God's viewpoint. Mm, that's a great point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We we so often want to look at things from our level, and when we do, we justify things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we choose to look at things from God's perspective, man, it changes everything. I think it's written under here, the Bible shows us what God thinks about the issues of life. The truth of Scripture allows you to separate yourself just far enough mentally to successfully deal with the temptation. And when you're in the heat of things... We don't think that there's a way. Right. When we've screwed up, we don't think that there's a way to fix it. Right. But when you step back and realize, wait, I have all access to God. Mm-hmm. And he has made a way. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel itself, has been a way. It is our way. Right. We have to go back to Jesus. We have to run to him. But a lot of times we can't look at it from that viewpoint. We're so sinful. We're so... um you know, just in our flesh that we can't think in the right vein. And so that's why it's important to connect with God because it actually puts you back on a plane, a higher plane. And uh, um, I love that song. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every, every day. day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. My Lord, plant my feet, feet on, on higher ground. Yeah, yeah, Lord, exactly. Lift me up. Oh, sorry. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's what, like, you know, when we're connecting with God, we can see things from a different angle, and, yes. and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Mm. So getting in God's Word is going to give you God's viewpoint. Yeah. You know, there have been times when I've read God's Word, and I've went, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Yeah. Still happens to me. The principles of what you may be dealing with. It may not be exact, but the principle is there. And that's when the Spirit connects with you and says, see, mm-hmm. nothing new under the sun. That's right. Yeah. Thirdly, it's the principle of displacement. 
When a sinful or seductive topic enters your mind, it's virtually impossible not to think of it unless you purposely turn somewhere else. Hmm. When you refocus your thoughts to the Word of God, you turn your attention away from the temptation and towards something productive. That's the displacement principle. If we can get our mind off of what is wrong and get it onto something that's right. If you don't get the focus off the temptation, you're going to end up with this thought process. Boy, is this powerful. How many times have we heard someone say, well, I know I shouldn't do it, but I haven't done it in a long time. I'm really going to hate myself later, but why not? God will forgive me. And besides, I've already blown it. I'll do it this once and tomorrow I'll start over. Mm. Yeah, I immediately think about that ding dong that I ate, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's like, ah, you know, uh, I can, I'll fix that later. You know, God will forgive me. Mm -hmm. It's like, but. The reality is, like, I didn't even seek God to find out help. Right. Yeah. It's terrible. It is true. Mm. The old saying is right. The Bible will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Bible. Mm. That's good stuff. So it, it's, a, it's a displacement or a replacement principle. Yeah. You've got to take and say, okay, I've been tempted here before. I know what the way of escape is. I've taken that exit several times, but now I'm going to use something else to put it in its place. Yeah. You know what? Verse comes to my mind is uh, Romans chapter 12, um, verse number one and two. You know, um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, yes. holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then, um, hey, I'm going to renew my mind. Yeah. I mean, that renewing of the mind is where that change takes place. We got to literally transform our mind. We can't transform it ourselves, but God can transform us. He can take what we've been thinking on, what we've been meditating on, um, what we've been looking at or what we've been eating or what we've been doing, and we're changing it and we're putting God in the place of that, Mm -hmm. and that displaces um, that bad stuff that's there. It does. good, brother. And it's the help that you need. Yeah. Remember, we told you, if you just go to the Bible and you say, I'm going to read it, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get distracted because it's going to expose some sinfulness and you're going to go, oh, man, see, I didn't want that. No, you got to want to change. So you got to want to change. You got to realize this is yeah. God's viewpoint. It's not just what Brother Randy or whatever your pastor's name is. It's up there preaching and pounding on the pulpit. Yeah. And then you say, okay, so I want to change. I see God's viewpoint. I, I've got a way that I can fix this because I know that if I go this direction or I go that direction, I, I could sin. Randy, I don't know that I've ever publicly shared what I'm about to share, but I'm going to go ahead and share it anyway. Okay. I was living in Massachusetts. I was rather discouraged as a young man, single guy, working for a bank, went up there with the intention of turning the world upside down for Jesus, and Amen. man, I got distracted. I got discouraged in a hurry. I was distracted and discouraged because sinners were sinners. And I found myself (laughs) going, wow, God, I don't know that you could ever do a work here. And it was sad. And I'm not saying that there was anything wrong with the people I was living around or people I was working with. It was really my view of who God was. And God used it as a time to test me and to teach me. Sure. And I could remember being so discouraged. Now, uh, I have a grandfather. He's in heaven now. Praise the Lord that he got saved late in life. I have a grandfather that was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and he uh, actually ran a moonshine still and uh, wow. was known for making good shine. Wow. But um, I, I know the effects of alcoholism in a family. I've heard my mom tell the stories. 
and I've never been tempted with alcohol, not, not really ever tempted. But I'm telling you, when I was living there, and it was cold in winter, and life was hard, I started telling myself, I'm going to stop at such and such bar. I know where I'm going to park. I know what I'm going to order when I go in, and I'm going to go get drunk. Mm-hmm. And so I kept telling myself I was going to do it. And so I started scoping it out every day after work. Hmm. So I'd drive by it. Yep, my spot's still there. I could do it tonight. But by the grace of God, I never went in. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you that because I'm superhuman. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I promise you it's the grace of God that I never went in. Yeah. But, you know, I got it to a, a point where God. I said, I can't drive down that street anymore. Because hmm. when I drive down that street, I think about that. And so I stayed t- started taking another route home. Yeah. Why? I was displacing. Yeah. I was saying, I don't need to be around that anymore. Yeah. Everybody around me was drinking. Everybody around me was thinking that was fine, the social hour, all that. But I said, no, God, that's not what you called me to do. I'm here for a purpose. I don't know what that is right now. Sure. But I'm not going to fail. I'm not wow. going to do that. Yeah, and that's that's uh, so true, too, because what you were saying is you were telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you started rehearsing in your mind how this was going to play out. Oh, yeah. I think about uh, talking to different things and reading about different people in situations with uh, adultery. Yeah. That's kind of how it starts. Sure. You know, there's the, this fantasy that yep. begins in their mind, and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, this, yeah, man, she looks pretty good. Exactly. Or, and um, and then, then it comes a conversation. You know, it just like, and. James it, tells it, us it's a slippery slope. It is. is. It is, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you didn't. That's good. Well, I'm glad I didn't, too. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Next, you're right. You express faith when you turn your attention to it. Say that again. You express faith. When you turn your attention to it, mm. when you turn to God's word, you're saying, I believe God is able to get me through this. Nothing moves God like the act of faith of his people. When you speak the truth out loud, it says you've taken a stand with God against the enemy. Wow. Uh, for example, tonight we uh, were able to meet with uh, our, have our staff meeting and there were some specific things that we wanted to pray for. Mm-hmm. And uh, brother flood, Jason, um, it was cool because when he was praying, he was praying, saying, God, you're going to do this. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, will you do this? Mm-mm. And I noticed that it stood praying, out to expecting. me. Exactly. And he had faith that, hey, God's going to do these things mm-hmm. in our lives. And, um, man, we have to have that boldness when it's we're dealing with an addiction. We have to have that boldness when we're dealing with whatever struggle or trial or temptation that we're facing because God is able. Nothing is impossible with God and we have to have that faith. Can you imagine? So, so you've, you've been saved. You've read your Bible at some point here and there just sporadically, but all of a sudden in the midst of whatever you're going through, you make a dedicated decision that I'm going to do this. And so you do it. And so you're reading it. And it may not be shaking your core and it may not be moving you, but you're like, man, brother Randy, he talked about it. Brother Kevin, I'm going to discipline myself. And so you keep after it. Do you understand that when you're doing that, it gets God's attention? Sure. Because he's saying, yes, my child, you're saying, I believe God's able to get me through this. And he's going, yes, I am. Just turn to me. Right. Yes, I am. Just, just ask me. I'm right here. Yeah. It makes all the difference. I think having that perspective, uh, again, um, that God is not up there like uh, withholding something from right. us. Like he's willing to give us anything that we want. Uh, uh, but again, if we don't connect, if we don't ask, if we don't believe, then that's not going to happen. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Mm-hmm. And applying that and activating it is very, very difficult. But we have to be connected to him to yeah. even to, to have that happen. Bob said it this way. We are as connected to God and his spirit as we want to be. Mm. Paul prayed for us to be strengthened with power by the Spirit on our inner man so that Jesus is settled down and at home in our hearts by faith. We are as connected to God as we want to be. That's good, Bob. That's good stuff, and that is true. So how connected are you? Yeah, that's the question. That's the big question. That's going to be my word I have to say over and over in this podcast. no doubt. That's like reality to me. (laughs) It's a gut check. It is a gut check, definitely. First John four four says this, because he who is in he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I love that man. That's a great verse right there. So keep it in the right perspective. Yeah, this is the God of the universe. Yep, this is God who sent His Son to die for you. That sent His Son to live a sinless life on earth, stretched out His arms on Calvary, was crucified. Mm-hmm took the punishment for your sin and my sin, buried yep. by his own energy and effort yep. and authority, got up out of the grave on Sunday morning God. and was resurrected to the Father, left the family business with these 13 disciples, 12 disciples, and said, go. Yeah. And that's the power that we have. Amen, bro. He's in us. Yep. And so if we don't think we can get this under check, we're fooling ourselves, and the devil's laughing all the way. Sure. You've got to get this connecting with God down pat, guys. It's why we started with this. Yeah. It's very important that you understand the reality is if I connect with God, don't look at your wife and go, man, if she had just changed. <laughs> look in the mirror. you got to change. That's right. Get your act together and then look elsewhere. And can you imagine what, like, church would look like if we actually had, like, including ourselves. I'm yeah. not just like look, saying, oh, oh, I'm you know, you. if our church just, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying, can you imagine what it would be like if we had like 10 men, 10 men, including ourselves. Sold out. Just connecting with God. Yeah. How different could the landscape change? Let's do it. Oh, that, that's good Let stuff. it start with me. Amen, brother. That's where it begins. And how about joining me, friend? Yep. That's good, brother. Definitely. Come on, guys. Come the, on, the man. Be a man. Hell. The gates of hell will not prevail if we will turn to God and take his power and his authority and face everything that comes our way. It's good, brother. It's a battle. It's a battle. But it's worth fighting. That's good stuff. It's worth it. Do you ever sit around, guys, and say, man, this world's going to hell in a handbasket? Do you know where it changes? Me and you. That's right. Revival begins with us. That's right. Connecting with God doesn't begin with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Randy doing it. It begins with you, you doing it as an individual. So do it today. Pick up your Bible, start, read, and then sit and pray. Start with a prayer like this. God, what do you want me to know? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with me? Yep. And then go from there. Go from there, man. It's good stuff, brother. Well, episode two. That's man, a wrap, isn't it? I can't believe it. Are you sure? pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah. We're at nearly 40 minutes. That's my soul. That's good stuff, though. Hopefully, it's good stuff for the men that are listening, and they can take it, and they'll apply it to their lives. Please let us know what you think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not just—we we, want to know what we can do better, how we can change some things, what you like, what you don't like. Give us your feedback. But please connect with God. Yes. 
We need that more than anything. So. Thanks for listening to the Act Like Men podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Did you hear that, Facebook? I'm glad I'm doing these live. You can connect with us on Facebook on our page, Act Like Men Podcast. Do us a favor, share this podcast with your friends, and help us as we strive together to encourage men to act like men. 